0: Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome everyone, to episode number 40 of the R Baseball Weekly Podcast. It's the weekly podcast from the baseball subreddit. My name is Maz, and on this week's episode, Nime talks with Braves Fan and R Baseball U slash see ya later Dylan about the crucial upcoming Braves and Philly series. But before that, just like last week, I'm joined by Lewis today to go over some of the news from this action-packed second-to-last week of baseball. Lewis, how are you doing today?
1: I'm actually doing a lot better than I was last night. I, uh, oh. This was the championship round of the first Money Fantasy Baseball League that I joined, and I feel a little bad about it. Not really, but a little bad. If you, if any long-time listeners remember, uh, I got asked to join this by a coworker who just knew I kind of liked the twins.
0: Oh yeah, didn't, I kind of remember us yeah, talking about that a long time ago.
1: Didn't didn't really know, you know. I helped produce a baseball podcast. Been a moderator <laughs> for almost a decade of our baseball. Kind of know I a little bit things- about baseball. Yeah, so uh, I won the championship. And wow. uh, have a a uh, three figure Venmo coming towards my direction uh, in the coming days here, so I'm I'm that pretty excited bad. about that.
0: Any uh, kind of three figure payouts, not
1: bad. I know I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, it's not a large three figure payout, but there's that extra zero at the end, which makes it, which makes it you know, pay for like. I don't know, my entry into next year's. uh. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Just just rolled it. You play for free next year. There you go.
0: Yeah, I think everybody's fantasy leagues are kind of winding down. Uh, I know you said you're doing better than you did yesterday. I'm I'm not, but Told I'm definitely you. doing better than I did last week.
1: There, Boy, okay. and any,
0: anybody that listened to the podcast, I, uh, I apologize in the subreddit, but I, I guess I'll apologize on on quote air as well. Uh, <laughs> sorry for my disgusting sick noises last week that uh, that could not be edited out. I, I apologize for that, but uh, you know I'm feeling a heck of a lot better this week, and there will be none of that this week.
1: <laughs> as he um, as he anyway. does that,
0: <laughs> <laughs> just joking. There will be none of that this week. Uh, and um,
1: one other apology. I have a correction yep. to make from something last week. We mistakenly said that no wild card team had won hundred games, and that was that was totally off. Um, mm-hmm. That was based on a couple of mistaken lists. Uh, the 2018 Yankees won a hundred games and had the wild card behind the 102 win Red Sox, and mm-hmm. the A's in 2001. I believe 102 games behind that ridiculous 116 win Mariners team so sorry about that if anyone uh, was confused or was telling people that I apologize but enough about last week we've got some (laughs) stuff to talk about for this week don't we Maz
0: we do we got a couple things uh moving into the past as opposed to looking at last week's episode I guess I mean the biggest thing on the subreddit I don't know if it's the biggest thing in baseball, but definitely the most like contentious thing of this last week was the, the whole Kevin Kiermaier uh, scouting card kerfluffle. I guess, you know, keeping with the alliteration, I guess you could call it. Um, anybody that missed it, I guess, how would you describe it? Kevin Kiermeyer came home on, I believe it was a sacrifice
1: play. It was a, it was a
0: play at the plate. It was a play uh, at the plate. Yeah. Kevin Kiermeyer came from third, came home against the blue Jays and you know there was an almost tag at the plate but some stuff happened and in, in the dust up Kevin Kiermeyer grabbed the little scouting card from Alejandro Kirk's wrist guard now, uh, you it see had the catcher down.
1: Wrist guard. he didn't yes. rip it off the wrist guard that i feel like that does that that means something he didn't oh, yeah. rip it off the wrist guard it you was wanna... it was on the ground
0: yeah, don't wanna, don't wanna misconstrue it. It fell out of his wrist guard and Kevin is sitting on the ground. It's before he even gets up and he just kind of looks down. If you watch the video, it's actually pretty funny. He looks down and just, look what I found. Looks at it for a second and just kind of gets up, puts it in his pocket, walks off. <laughs> like like I guess we've all done if we found a dollar on the ground or something. What's this? Uh, okay, all right.
1: And then you walk That's off. <laughs> neat. Yeah, neat. Okay. All right, So uh, so he takes this and um, in, the, in the post-game press conference, or wh- whenever he's questioned about it, he gives this like ridiculous roundabout explanation about it. Mm. It's kind of funny. Um, but between innings, Jays manager, uh, Charlie Montoyo, sent a bat boy over to the Rays' clubhouse to ask for the card back, and the Rays refused to give it back mm. to the bat boy. So
0: yeah ah, so it,
1: that was it, contentious and kind of uh, admitting it
0: and then also sewing nope uh finders keepers uh you know you i'm sure you got plenty of those get another one um but yeah that, people got really angry about this on the subreddit you see i love Rays fans and i love blue jays fans but boy they, they were going at it in every thread and it was it was something to behold
1: it was it was pretty amazing um of course, because it's baseball and this is how we settle arguments. Uh, Kiermaier got a fastball to the back late in the last game of the series. Um and yep. so uh that that's that and uh we'll we'll see if they end up seeing each other in the playoffs. That might yeah. be something. I yeah. doubt it'll be something that spills over that far. Kiermaier yeah. got the fastball in the back.
0: But baseball's is, silly. You baseball you forget that.
1: And that's I loved uh listening to the effectively wild episode with uh meg and ben talking about this because meg was laughing the entire time and was so (laughs) happy that this was the scandal of the week because let's face it this is a ridiculously low grade scandal compared to a lot of the stuff that's come out in the past couple of years, and so this is like just a pure baseball thing, and it's just kind of fun. To yeah, this get is
0: mad and pretty uh, silly. All things considered, um, I mean, I guess it's important. Technically, what is it? it's it's sign? It's not sign stealing. It's technically information stealing. So, I guess you
1: could call it. <laughs> I don't know. So the big thing that I really I have a problem with is when they refuse to give it back when asked. Mm -hmm. Like that, that to me is kind of an issue. Like if you want to take a picture of it, if you want to like quick copy down as much or as much as you can, whatever, Mm -hmm. but you should probably give the card back.
0: Try to memorize it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Like you should probably give it back. So that, that rubs me the wrong way. Uh, As for, for taking it, I don't, I don't really know how I feel because like this isn't a prescribed part of any player's equipment. Mm -hmm. Right like this to me is almost like i'm trying to decide i feel like i don't it's even like, know what
0: it's comparable to i mean like
1: stealing signs from second or no or, because it's
0: not signs it's 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 theory it's information it's you know but i mean that's what plan. sign stealing
1: is from second maybe more like um trying to sign steal from the coach's box it maybe closer to that. Like, I like you know uh, catcher's know. It's got an open stance. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tricky. I just I feel like there's a point where when you've got that information and you need to bring it out in your pocket and pull it out, like that's now on you to keep that information safe. I guess um,
0: so. Yeah, you're a catcher. Protect to the plate extent. and then protect your card and your wristbands.
1: <laughs> but but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what, um, what baseball culture decides because I mean, these things kind of sort themselves out. I mean, like stealing signs from second, that's an accepted part of baseball culture, Mm -hmm. but if you're in the batter's box and you try to sneak a peek at the catcher, that's not accepted, uh, baseball culture. So, you know,
0: baseball's silly. I think we can all determine that. Uh, you all agree on
1: that. It's, it's, it's silly and fun. And yeah. that's why we, we love it. We love to be able to uh, talk about these, these silly little dustups uh, as opposed to other.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with effectively wild where they said it's, it's good that this is the big scandal of the week. It's just, and it's hopefully something that's not going to last past the week, even if they do meet up in the playoffs, which uh, I don't know, I'm less optimistic, but I, they, it doesn't look like they're going to meet up in the playoffs, but we'll, we'll talk about that later though.
1: So. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah. Here we go because uh, Nimes not with us right now. You don't need to cut in and add anything more this time, Nime. That was really great of (laughs) you to do that because I I traded you into it last week. (laughs) Um, The Cardinals continue, continue to just win. They haven't lost since the last episode. (laughs) In new and amazing ways. Up to 16 games, which is now a franchise record, a new franchise record. I always chuckle when sports outlets forget about distant baseball history. Mm. There were outlets saying that this was the first time in franchise history, but an easy baseball reference query would find (laughs) that in 1887, the Cardinals franchise was known as the St. Louis Browns in the American Association, and they won 15 games in a row. Very Mm. easy to find however 16 in a row that is the new franchise record so congrats cardinals fans it's ridiculous I don't know how you keep getting away with it there have been games to extend the streak where you pull random things just happen and it doesn't make sense you have people getting on based and run scoring on strikeouts and it's just ridiculous and it, uh, today it looked like maybe the devil magic had run out and then he got out of it anyways.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's been quite the streak. Um, I guess we briefly touched on it last week, but now it's only grown. Um, I mean, they beat a, beat a divisional rival in the Brewers. So it's not like they're playing the Mets every week, which they did beat last week. Uh, but no, they took four from the Brewers they took a, a double header and then a Saturday and Sunday game against the Cubs who are, you know, a lower tier team, but still, I mean, they, they haven't been playing nobody on the streak. They've got a couple wins against the Reds and then the Padres, but I don't, I don't know if they're going to pull a, a Rockies and just, you know, win 20 straight going into the postseason, but I, it's either going to be a hilarious when they lose in the wild card game or be uh, hilarious when they just steamroll everybody on the way to the world series. I, either way, it's going to, something crazy is going to happen because it's the Cardinals, but it's yeah. It's 16 in a row. This is just absurd. I can't believe it.
1: Yeah. It's uh, and they just find ways to win. I, I'm wondering if it, it ran out though. Uh, today there was a little infield fly controversy. I don't know, Maz, if you saw this, it's I didn't see this one. Here. I All heard right, about so, it because so here's of the our situation. Mm-hmm. Runners on first and second one out Cubs are up in the bottom of the ninth, uh, down a couple runs here. And what happens is a pop fly that looks like it's going to go foul, but, uh, it ends up landing fair. They, the Cardinals, you know, they're making plays on it, but they, you know, it's, it's moving around and they miss it. The okay. third base ump calls infield fly, but a, and you can see him on the video, like pointing at the air. Okay. But apparently, no one realizes that the third base ump called infield fly. Both oh. runners try to advance because the ball dropped,
0: which you can do on an infield fly. Yes. And okay.
1: they thought they thought the ball just dropped. They didn't real. I'm not sure if they realized that they. Oh, were right. okay, okay. Optionally advancing, uh, and the Cardinals uh, throw the ball to third. Get there before the runner, throw to second, get there before the runner. They think double play. Double
0: play, force double play, they force think. Force
1: double play. Okay. However, you need to tag the runners in this situation. Right. But.
0: But they don't know that.
1: But they don't know that. But. Right. Then here's the last part. Runner coming into second. Gets the the umpire at second base. Missed the infield fly call.
0: Oh, okay. So he oh,
1: calls the runner out on the force play. <laughs> the runner on second starts walking back towards the dugout. Of course. And then uh, I think it was Goldschmidt realized, no, they called infield fly. And he's yelling to tag out the runner because he's left the base heading to the dugout.
2: Uh-huh. And uh,
1: before the tag occurs, the second base umpire, I'm guessing he realized his mistake and called timeout. And uh, right. the end result of the play, runner second and third. Let's just stop this.
0: <laughs> yeah. um,
1: so there, there's some contention with it because mm. the umpire calls out at second base um, on the force play. And so I don't know if the fielder realized that he didn't have the force play or if he reacted to the ump because he could have tagged the runner. Um, right. Would have been dead to rights. And I'm not sure if he didn't because the ump called out or because he didn't realize that the infield fly was in effect um so there was a little contingent there but the cardinals wriggled their way out of it anyways End result no big deal game over a bunch of people are angry second base ump looks like an idiot and the devil magic continues
0: that's uh they are tempting their fate i don't know if i would say that the devil magic is going to be out after that because they did win the game but yeah they're tempting fate that's that's definitely that's definitely where they're heading on that but wow that's that's insane you gotta you gotta listen to your umpires and then as the second base umpire you gotta listen to your other umpires as well that i guess that's the the crucial flaw
1: and it was like an obvious infield fly situation like
0: yeah Completely nobody understands the infield fly, though. It's 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 like the balk. Not nobody understands it. The infield fly is
1: very understandable, Maz. It's pretty cut and dry. Okay. Listen, I agree, Uh. but people always say it. All right. So
0: just (laughs) anyway.
1: All right. Uh now uh before well, the big thing we're gonna go through here is we've got our home stretch preview. Uh before we get to that though, we're just gonna do some quick hits, some news. Performances from around baseball, Salvador Perez set the record for most home runs by a catcher in a season with 46 this week, Mm. topping Johnny Bench's record from 1970 through the steroid era, through the rabbit ball year, through the juiced ball era, his uh, record stood and uh, it is no more. A 50-year-old record is gone. Salvador Perez. Yeah, good, old, new record.
0: good old Salvi having a career resurgence at, uh, at age, however the heck old he is now uh, that I didn't look up. But, yeah, it's pretty crazy that, that that Johnny Bench record has still stood from 1970. Like you said, the steroid era. You had, you know, Mike Piazza, arguably the best hitting catcher of all time, come and go in that time. And the record never fell um you know some other great catchers as well in that time Ivan Rodriguez of course but uh yeah it was still set by by Johnny Bench uh, way back when yeah, good for Salvi I guess good for the Royals um they had about a month where they were the best team in baseball at the very beginning of the year so they really they really needed something aside from that that one month of glory but yeah it, good for him and that's that's pretty notable
1: All right, the next one I know you're going to love, Maz, uh, despite still being in the race, which we'll get to in a second. The Mm -hmm. Phillies bullpen tied the record for most blown saves in a season with 34, which is no surprise to (laughs) anyone who's followed the Phillies the last few years.
0: Yeah, between this year and last year, they they legitimately have one of the worst bullpens of all time. Last year technically was the last worst bullpen of all time, right? But it was a short season, so I don't know. I believe I believe some metrics. Yeah, but but between between now and then, it's it's boy, this is just it's kind of the game plan for the Phillies. If you're playing them, is just get their starter out of the game because they do have some really good starting pitching. Uh, and just get to their bullpen, just work up the pitch counts, and get to the bullpen, and the, and you know you got a good chance. So yeah, it's, tip tip to the Braves this upcoming week.
1: I mean, it's it's kind of funny because a lot of teams have kind of abandoned that philosophy because most bullpens have four or five guys who come out throwing a hundred. Not quite a hundred, but you know, they got got yeah, some claim the
0: pens are better these days, right? But
1: uh yeah, get past Zach Wheeler and you you got it. Uh yeah,
0: get to Hector Neris and uh, <laughs> you know, whoever the heck
1: else they got. Well, you mentioned the Braves here, news from them. Max Fried pitched a Maddox against the Padres Another this week. Another
0: Maddox. Oh boy.
1: For those who do not know what a Maddox is. A Maddox is a complete game shutout in under 100 pitches. Uh, Freed allowed three hits and only struck out four in 98 pitches to complete the game. Good, good for him.
0: Yeah, good for him. I mean, that's that's another team that's got, I mean, they probably have the best starting rotation in the National League East. So Max Freed, I believe it's his second Maddox of the year. That's why I mentioned Boy Another One. Um, and <laughs> yeah, that's, That's crazy. Um, Get to their bullpen. You you can't when a guy throws 98 pitches in a complete game shutout. Besides the Braves do have a better bullpen anyway, but yeah, that's Max Fried. He's slowly becoming one of the best pitchers in the national league. I feel like, but he's a guy that you don't
1: really hear much about. And uh, some more Braves pitch efficiency here, former twin deep place Uh, in my heart mr eddie rosario hit for the cycle for the braves seeing only five pitches in the four (laughs) at-bats to complete the cycle and that surprises absolutely no one who has watched eddie rosario swing at a um vlad guerrero senior level of confidence in his ability to make contact (laughs)
0: <laughs> Boy, I had no idea that that was the case. I know, I know, he hit a you know a cycle because it's uh, big news. But wow, five pitches and four at bats, and he gets a cycle out of that. That's that's aggressive. He saw it and he hit it, as they say. When you when you're a hitter, see it and hit it. He wasn't wasting any time on that.
1: <laughs> no, no, he was not. Uh, and then our last bit of performance news Shohei Otani. He had a great pitching performance on Sunday, seven innings, one run, nothing that, I mean, 10, 10 strikeouts. Uh, but really, he set uh, the big news for his performance from the week. He set an AL record and tied an MLB record by getting walked 11 times in a three game span against the Astros and Mariners. The Angels went. One and two in that stretch.
0: I, I was going to say, how how did the Angels uh, do? It's the old tungsten arm O'Doyle Doyle uh, mean <laughs> tweet. I'm sure that everybody's seen by now. That's uh that's crazy for Otani. I think Otani is kind of in the same situation that like Juan Soto is, and I talked about it earlier with Juan Soto where he's uh got leading the league in walks, and he's he's kind of like, why don't you just walk him every time? I mean, I, I get random. it. It's I get it. It's baseball, but just just walk him every time. Who cares? It, it's a literal triple A lineup around him, both Otani <laughs> and Soto. Uh, one thing I did want to mention here for the quick hits, though, that I, I don't see it on our little list to go over with. No mention of Cedric Mullins oh, becoming the first 30-30 player in, in uh, Baltimore Oriole history. I I think that's a pretty great accomplishment as well. What do you think?
1: That That is a really great accomplishment. And uh, Cedric Mullins has been, along with John Means, and his uh, no-no earlier this season has been the bright spots that Orioles fans can hope to hopefully see something. It's like uh, when we interviewed Joe Block, and we were asking him how he gets through a pirate season as a broadcaster, and he (sighs) mentions how every game you need to find the storyline, and you know what, you just got to find those things. This has been the Orioles storyline, Cedric Mullins, and... uh, it's, his, it's really it just great. kind
0: of his emergence as like uh, maybe somebody that the Orioles would build around at some point, you know, next to, of course, you know, Adley Rushman and, uh, and that sort of thing. But yeah, congratulations to, to him
1: all right well with those quick hits thank you for that maz i can't believe we didn't have that on the outline before that's well worth it (laughs) now that we've got those quick hits out of the way we are going to take a very brief break and when we get back and will be joining us to talk about the home stretch preview and then after that nine sits down with dylan to talk about the upcoming braves philly series so stick around for that we'll see you in a couple seconds All right, everyone, welcome back. Lewis and Maz here, back again, and Nime has joined us, and we are here to talk about the home stretch here. Last week of the season, one of my favorite weeks of the year, right up there with the actual postseason and the very first day of baseball season, which is a long ways off, but we get to enjoy this last week, and we are just going to quick run down all of the playoff races here in order from in my opinion, the most boring to the most exciting. And uh, so we're going to start off. And I want to make sure, nine before I list this first one, that you are fully aware that this is just the divisional race. okay? <laughs> okay just the divisional, wild cards later, this is just the divisional race, OK? Uh, so the first, what I think is the most boring race, is uh the nl central right now because the brewers have clinched the division they will play the nl east winner in the nlds there is no way for them to take the one seed there's no way for them to take the three seed they are locked in to the number two spot they know exactly where they will be playing and uh they're just waiting to see how the nl east comes up so the top of that division most boring it's done it's set the brewers don't even need to play another game the rest of the year, which I'm sure the Cardinals and Dodgers will, will love
0: be great. I will say as a Mets fan, it was very nice to see the Brewers clinch the division today uh, in front of our very sad team. Um, <laughs> it, it was nice. It was a nice little confetti. Uh, Bob Euchar is out there. They, they took a picture and, Boy, that was just nice to look at. Anyway, I would say I was, the biggest shock here
3: is that it took them until like the last week of the season to clinch the division. Cause you wouldn't have thought a month and a half ago that it would like it would be this close between even the the Reds and the
0: Brewers. No it's because of the Cardinals. There you go. You're welcome. I, you I, I, wasn't I it. said it.
1: I wasn't <laughs> gonna say it. I was And waiting. I think the Brewers have taken their their foot off the gas a little bit. Um, if you look at their bullpen usage, they've been a little less aggressive um out of the bullpen with, with who they're going to bring up but uh yeah that was that was a, it was fun of, it was the last home game at uh, American Family Field so it was nice of them to clinch in front of the home fans and it was nice to clinch with a win um yeah, as, another as, team much lost, as, yeah. as much as I'm sure they would have loved for the Cardinals to lose uh, I think it's it's more thrilling <laughs> yeah. to win your game to clinch the division then, uh, be sitting there and see on the scoreboard that you clinched. And then the rest of the game doesn't matter
3: for what it's worth. Yeah. There was, there was, again, no point during the season besides like, you know, April and May when anything is possible that I really thought the Cardinals had a chance of winning the NL central. Um, but there was like a moment a couple of days ago where like each team had ten to play after the Cardinals had swept the brewers in Milwaukee, where it was like, um, like, the, the Brewers magic number was three with like 10 games to play. And it's like, well, they're probably going to do that. Right. Cause the Cardinals are probably yeah. going to lose a game eventually. And the Brewers probably can win three of the next 10, but it was like a non-zero chance, you know, at like that point in the division. So it was, uh, it was like, okay, I don't think the Cardinals are going to win the division, but how funny would it be? <laughs>
0: Especially with them playing the Mets for three games, you know, okay, yeah. well, there it is. Right. Yeah, That's yeah, where yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. So,
1: this is a lot more than I planned to talk about what I thought was the most boring division <laughs> race because the Brewers are set. There's literally nothing that can change other than their, their, uh, who they're going to be hosting?
0: You didn't um, count on our fandoms coming into
3: play. I, I mean, about uh, I, think,
1: I think you've dropped the actual <laughs> least boring division race to like
3: four spots down. <laughs> okay,
1: well, we'll no, no, no. Well, because there's actually some other things for them to play for. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Sure. Uh, in the AL East, just the division race. Once again, not the wild card race, just the division race. Uh, the Rays have won the division. They lead the number one seed in the playoffs by six games, but there's still a mathematical chance that they don't get the number one seed. They're going to get the number one seed. Astros
0: Um, could make a push, but yeah, could make a
1: push. But um, since it's there, that's why they're a little more exciting than the NL Central. Uh, But yeah, Rays won the division. They're almost certainly going to be the number one seed, and they're going to host the wildcard game winner. Um, and we'll we'll just keep going here. Okay, Nime, here you go. The third most boring. <laughs> it was not oh the third most boring last week. A week it was ago, not th- two weeks ago, two weeks ago, three was weeks ago. Exciting. It was uh, not it the most the, boring. <laughs> the NL wild card race. The second place in the West is going to be the top wild card. We know that. MLB's app even has that in the uh, NL wildcard yeah. game preview. If you look ahead, it just says NL West runner up versus wildcard two. There we go. <laughs> uh, and the Cardinals have a six game lead over the Reds and Phillies for wildcard number two. Um, I don't think there's any way that they're not flying out to the West Coast next week. Yeah, the Cardinals
3: the magic NL number to clinch that wildcard card as of recording and release is one. So it's, it's a Reds Phillies loss, both or a Cardinals win, which, you know, they've rattled off 16 of them. Um, it (laughs) seems it's, I, I, again, no aspirations that they're going to continue the win streak until and win out the season, but I mean, crazier things have happened. Um, but yeah, uh, having to win one of the next six games against uh, a Brewers team that's checked out and a Cubs team that's bad. Um, feels like it's you know kind of uh pretty much a gimme yeah but it was this is such a crazy race to watch the last like couple weeks i I, i've said on the show before that like there's no no part of me that thought the cardinals were going to be in a playoff hunt in august this
1: (laughs) is this race went from all year we thought it was the most boring because we just knew it was going to be we just thought it was going to be the padres and then it was suddenly exciting because the reds made a surge and then in before we even realized the cardinals were in the race they won the race it was it yeah like the, the 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 padres had the
3: the you know one of the <laughs> one of the two biggest collapses of the
0: of the second half um, totally and, and, you know like it's between them and the mets um <laughs> damn i was gonna say we're not gonna talk about the other one that it might be but you are correct so thank because because the
3: mets like the Cardinals sort of stopped the Padres and the Mets on the way to eliminating them from playoff contention. Like they did not get eliminated against the Cardinals, but it was like, it was one of those things of, of back-to-back sweeps of the Mets and Padres were like, well, we're kind of done. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, that's like you, so guys demoralizing.
0: Yeah, you guys sit down. Don't worry about it.
3: Yeah. Um, I tweeted I in mean, the R Cardinals account today. Like, man, if I wasn't a Cardinals fan, I would hate the Cardinals. Like I don't blame any of I, you for hating the Cardinals. I get it. Not
0: going not gonna to talk about it. <laughs> All right, I understand
3: but, it. I can't, I like how how could I blame you? Like, I would totally hate the Cardinals.
0: But yeah, just to just to put a topper on, on that one, it could potentially be day of release because the Reds are playing the Padres. So with the with the Reds loss, that's it. Um, but you know, ultimately it might happen on Tuesday, the day after release as well. Because, like you said, cards are playing the brewers. Um, and then the Reds are actually playing the White Sox. Uh, so,
1: Gotta you know, love year-long interleague inter-divisional, in really, but uh, interleague Yeah, really weird uh, cap-offs to the, to the season. Keep, keep a lookout for that. All right. I think this is the one that NIME thought was the most boring. Now, all year, I agree, this was the most boring for most of the year. But going into this last week, the White Sox in the AL Central, they've won the division. No one else from the division is in the playoff hunt. However, they are three games behind the Astros for the number two uh, division seed. And so they're only three games back in order to host the ALDS instead of being uh, being hosted. You know, they get the extra home game there. So that that is that is why I, I put them down there because. They have something oh. to play for.
3: I get it. Although home or away, I would take the White Sox over the Astros.
0: Like, I, I for me, there's no question. Really? Oh. I think it's a little surprising that you say that. I think especially since the white Sox have been struggling a little bit, especially sure. with their bullpen over this last week. I, I just, I don't know. I just can't see anything other than just the white socks getting stomped by the Astros just because, uh, you know, because that's it, yeah. baseball and that's that's, that's how baseball works. That's true. But this, I, I, I don't know. There's, there's
3: something about this white Sox team to me that feels like they're just going to click under the pressure.
0: I hope you're right. And I think a lot of people hope you're right, but I don't know just because <laughs> I, I can shaking, tell Lewis does not I'm hope shaking I'm right my
1: head uh, because I'm team. Oh my gosh. Somehow both of you collapse in a way that I know you can't. Uh, G- sure. sure, Jimmy sure, is yeah. listening yeah, right we're gonna now. Listen, and we're going to have Jimmy serious. and Lewis just
0: talk about this for 20 minutes. It's fine. <laughs> Jimmy is yelling at his headphones, car. What are you doing?
1: To I hate them. I, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, I I will say this. I think it really depends how Carlos Rodon is doing because he might be a question mark. And if he's not going, um, Lance Lynn did not look that good this week. Um, Giolito looked better. Lance
3: Lynn has just, he's been the one of the most consistent pitchers in the majors for so long that like even a little bit of a dip for him, which happens. Um, like I feel like, I, I, I know, I know. Sure, fine, but I know Lance Lynn is like a, is a big game pitcher. Like Lance, like I, I I have no worries about Lance. I watched Lance Lynn for a few years when he was with the Cardinals. i I've been very upset uh, every time that he's been a free agent or like left like and the money. Go- Sorry, I, I I don't need to talk about the Cardinals signing Miles Michaelis for four years and leaving letting Lance Lynn walk.
1: <laughs> All right so uh so there's that um we'll see uh next week we will have some playoff previews and we did look at that with an admittedly biased fan uh last week when (laughs) we we talked with phil about the astros and uh i i i don't know i i think the astros have the series if Rodon is not available um if he is i think it's the White Sox. Uh, yeah, so. the
0: only, only thing that worries me about Rodon is that he's pitching more than he's pitched in six years at this point. Uh, maybe I think it's five years at this point. So that's the only thing that really worries me about him. I don't really, you know, Lin's fine. But yeah, I, I agree with you that Rodon oh. is kind of like the big piece of that rotation sure. right now. yeah.
1: All right, uh, getting into uh, the last race that is not really a race, but there's a few fringe things that kind of make it a little interesting, is that aforementioned Astros, uh, they have a five-game lead in the division and will almost certainly win the division there. I'm and... still pulling
0: for the Mariners, though. I'm pulling for
1: Listen, them. We could, we, could have a, yeah, we could have a September 2011. <laughs> We, we could, uh, and so the the only reason that they are as uh, getting to the excitement, uh, air quote excitement part, is because they do have that uh, three games with the White Sox for position, and technically have a chance for the Rays. Although they're more likely to lose the division than overtake the Rays. So, Man, but how great
3: uh, would it be if the if the Mariners win six in a row, and the Astros lose six in a row?
1: That'd be really great. Don't
3: excite me too much.
1: That, that, oh man. I don't think Ugh. it will happen, but I don't think it'll be... happen either. But again, again, we've seen it. Crazy we've seen it happen in baseball. We've seen these things happen. All right. Now we get to some actual exciting races here. Uh, first up the NL West, uh, the Giants and Dodgers are two games apart in the standings. No remaining head to head games. Both teams are going to the playoffs. But one of them is going to be playing in a one-game wild card. And so that is a a big thing to play for. And this is despite the imbalance, despite how utterly unfair it is that one of these 100-win teams is going to be playing uh, the Cardinals in a one-game playoff (laughs) with the Cardinals devil magic in full swing, despite the unfairness of baseball? uh despite the unfairness of that i love the fact that these two still have something to play for and don't just get to coast like the yankees and rays used to when they'd be up so much in the division and it really didn't matter who won the wild card
3: yeah Um, like they they have a legitimate fight like it's it's legitimate it legitimately matters and they they don't play each other um like it's Crazy. This is like, yeah. it's, 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 it does make baseball better because yes, like this NL West race is incredible. And the NL wildcard race up until this week, basically was really, really cool to watch. Like, and like, those are, we would have got not gotten neither of those in the rules of 10 years ago.
0: hmm now the only thing that that really concerns me there is that the Giants are playing the Diamondbacks, Dodgers are playing the Padres, so the Giants are playing quote the well, easier team. Well, the
3: yeah the the Giants are playing the Diamondbacks and the Padres. The Dodgers are playing the
0: Padres and the Brewers. So the right. point still stands because but the, the the Diamondbacks have been giving fits to people lately. Yeah, they the the Mariners just played them and couldn't sweep them. So you know they. They're bad. We're going to talk later <laughs> but, a little
3: bit in the uh, uh, interview that the, the the Braves had trouble with the Diamondbacks as well. They, I think they dropped two of three to the Diamondbacks.
0: Yeah, some teams really, really get amped up to play spoiler, and it looks like the Diamondbacks are one of those teams.
1: Well, and the Diamondbacks, okay, the Diamondbacks are a bad team, but they're also a really unlucky team, and mm. that has compounded. You look at any of the peripheral stats, you look at any defined luck stat, and you'll see the Diamondbacks have been... Crazily un- unlucky, um, but they're also still a bad team. Yeah. Uh, you
3: know,
0: hashtag last, to, uh, uh, hashtag last to 50. Okay. The
3: <laughs> I mean, just, just, just like the twins, I think like the talent is there. And they're just like, just nothing clicked this year. Yeah, Like all yeah. of the, all of the talent pool is there in that in, in Arizona. I think if, if they decide to buy this offseason, you know, I don't think the giants are going to come back um, again <laughs> next year. Like, that's just like, that was a, such a crazy year for them. Um, but uh, I think if they, if they retool next year, then like that's, that's could still be a three team race in the division.
1: Yeah. So uh, there's that. Now there is one more wrinkle with this schedule that's worth bringing up here. Um, Like we said, the Padres are the proxy war um, in this, and then Giants, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Brewers. Now, they're playing the Brewers the last weekend of the season, the last three games. The NL Division Series starts on Friday. That means that uh, if the Brewers are trying to set up their rotation, they're going to have whoever they want starting game one doing like three to four innings on sunday to just stay fresh and then he's Mm -hmm. out of the game they're not gonna they're not gonna stretch him out very long and whoever they want starting game two and game three they're not even gonna pitch in the dodgers series so the dodgers are going to have the bottom of the brewers uh rotation or if they even put any people from the rotation out there for Friday and Saturday, assuming they're going to try to set things up nicely for the the division series. And like we said, the brewers, they have literally nothing to play for. Yeah. Their spot is set. They they're yeah, done. If, if
3: the, 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 it's very possible, the brewers use the weekend to just like rest up their squad, you know, play some B players here and there, give, give, give some guys looks just so they're, they're all fresh for the postseason. season. Uh, and, and the Dodgers could, take some in there like like we said also the diamondbacks have been playing spoiler a lot part of me feels like it it really can depend on where the padres feel after getting eliminated from postseason contention like either they're going to like really you know just sort of fall off and and stop caring or they're going to be like you know what we got nothing to play for anymore let's just let's just play baseball and and you know do really well
0: who knows (laughs) especially playing teams back-to-back that are going to the postseason, they very well could just be like, screw you guys. Who something, something
3: tells me Tatis and Machado very much want to uh, like screw with the Dodgers and Giants yeah. fortunes. Same
0: here. Same here. But at the same time, I could kind of see him just being like, who cares? Anymore? You yeah. guys so, have fun in the postseason.
1: There's a, a two game gap and um, that doesn't sound like much. And it can be really quick to come back, but also two games, with only 6 games left to play is a is a decent gap. Yeah. Um, at totally. this point, especially Could've with it coming down teams, to last weekend. Yeah, especially with two teams who just don't lose. Like, yeah. Okay, so yes, the Cardinals are the hottest team because they've no, battled right. left 16 straight weeks. <laughs> but the Dodgers and Giants, like if if the Cardinals were in the Dodgers and Giants division, I think they would have picked up maybe two games during this stretch. Yeah, because like, yeah, yeah.
3: two of the, well, he keeps, I mean, maybe, because two of those sweeps were the Brewers and the Cubs, but the other two – those the Padres was one of them. <laughs> and uh, so, Mets. So,
1: so, yeah, so uh, that, there's that. Um, so, I, I think it'll be an interesting race to watch. The Padre proxy war, it, it will be a fun, fun little test there. Uh, to see see how that ends up. Um, moving down, uh, we're going to preview this one in in just a little bit here. Nine set down. It is the NL East. Uh, Braves two and a half games up on the Phillies right now. Must watch baseball Tuesday to Thursday three game series. The Phillies finish the year against Miami, and the Braves finish with the Mets, and so that's about equal at this point in uh, talent level. From what I've been seeing. Well, (laughs) Uh, but the fun little wrinkle is the Braves had a rained out game and they may have to host the Rockies on Monday, October 4th. If, uh, Mm. if things get too close, which means if you are on team chaos, if you are on the fire wagon, are uh, you rocking
0: the team chaos
1: flare on the sub? If so, listen up team chaos. What you want is, the Braves and Phillies to finish a half game apart so that the Phillies or so that the Braves have to play the Rockies on Monday so we get baseball on Monday
0: I really want to see that baseball
1: on Monday is always fun then we are hoping that the result of that game ends up in a tie for the NL East and so on Tuesday before the AL wildcard game in the evening we get a wonderful game 163 day game which will be exciting and fun. And then we can go into the normal postseason. So.
0: I really want that to happen. I want that team chaos. I and again, know for what it's
3: worth, if, if you don't like the Braves, um, the uh, <laughs> the um, uh, October 4th game, game 162 for the Braves will be in Atlanta and the 163 would be in Philly. So the Braves would have to then fly from... Uh, is, is the Mets series
0: in... It's in Atlanta. In yep. Atlanta. Okay. okay. So then so yeah, they so, so they would stay in Atlanta, in Atlanta. but then have to they have to fly to Philly to to do that game. Which would be incredible. And I, I know the Mets are going to get up for that series, even though their season's over. I this team's going to get up for that Brave series. So I, they could lose and and we could still get that game 162 and 163, but I think the Mets are at least going to take one or two of from them. I don't think they're going to get swept. They're going to get up for it.
1: Yeah, and it's it's really going to come down to the series that uh, Naimu and Dylan are going to preview here yeah. in depth for us. So let's not belabor this too much uh, because we've got the most exciting race, in my opinion, left to just touch on. It's one we have been talking about for weeks. I believe we have previewed multiple series <laughs> uh, in this race. It is the AL Wildcard and unfortunately so we're recording Sunday night Sunday night baseball is still on the Red Sox just took a 3-2 lead after two Yankees errors extended the inning and uh so we will see maybe by the time we're done talking about it we'll know exactly where things sit but no matter what it's gonna be uh Red Sox or Yankees in one two one of them is going to be a game behind after this then a game behind that is going to be the blue jays a game behind that is the mariners and a game behind that is the a's and so wow you, you just stacked right on top of each other i, I feel
3: like you know when, when we say it one 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 it sounds like open is a lot closer than they are
1: it, <laughs> it makes it sound a lot closer
3: um <laughs> Cause Oakland's going to be not. At, at, at the end, at the conclusion of this game, Oakland's going to be four games back with six to play. Um, so that's, you know, just
1: not yeah. happening. Four <laughs> games back of the top wild card, but they're going to yes, only be three. games three back, three games well, back of okay. the second wild card. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. The second wild card. They just have to jump the Mariners, Blue Jays, and whoever loses this I mean, game. Yeah, it
3: can happen, but it basically means that the A's need to win three of the next six. And uh, every other team needs to lose all six or like, you know, what's some combination of that? Uh, yeah. It's, it's, hey, it's still alive.
1: Still alive. <laughs> so, still alive. Um, so helping helping the Mariners and A's in their quest here for, for chaos, uh, we've got another Tuesday to Thursday must watch series. Everyone get your dual screens ready because the Blue Jays and Yankees play in newly announced expanded capacity. At the Rogers Center, I believe they're up to 30,000 fans now. So that place is going to be rocking, even though it's still not max capacity. Wow. After a three game set. And so, Blue Jays, all three teams control their own destiny here. Red Sox control their own destiny. Blue Jays, Yankees, everyone controls their own destiny in the wild card race right there.
3: Uh, I just got a message in one of my baseball slacks from a Red Sox fan saying, God, this is stressful.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you were right. This is definitely the most exciting race. I mean, like you said, there's there's five teams that are in it and only two spots. So I think they as, all play as, much each as, other.
3: as much as a lot of us would like the Mariners, I think, uh, by the way, the last time I was on the show. Uh, uh, in the intro portion, I uh, I said that I want to see a Mariners Blue Jays uh, uh, NL, uh, CS, and I got a very angry message from uh, from Dr. Tyler Birch, uh, employee of the Boston Red Sox, saying, uh, <laughs> like, how dare you? <laughs> so, oh, Tyler, my formal apology.
1: <laughs> and uh, you know, do you remember what episode that was? That was a long time ago for new listeners. Dr. Tyler Birch came on uh way back near the beginning of the season yeah like 10 and, uh, or 11 works, I think I that was
0: yeah around episode 10 or maybe even before as, uh, as we sit here on episode 40, 40 yeah. by the way
1: <laughs> well worth going back and listening to that interview because that it, it's just a really great look into what it takes to get hired by an MLB front office. Now, in another episode, we hired someone with just a bachelor. We talked to someone who was hired by the Twins with just a bachelor's degree. So you don't need a PhD in particle physics to get hired by an MLB <laughs> baseball team. But Dr. Tyler Burch did. It was uh, episode
3: 18, by the way, if you want episode to go back 18, and listen. There we oh, go. well, there we go. Okay. So,
1: uh, But okay. So, so the Blue Jays and Yankees have that series. The Blue Jays close with a three-game set against the Orioles.
0: Okay. So, so who, that's a thing they have done well against this year they
1: have done well. They're,
0: they're not the Rays who I think lost what twice to them, but they, but they have done well against them. Um, It's going to come down to the blue Jays. I think on their bullpen. I mean, it, everything has been kind of falling apart for them aside from their starting pitching and their hitting. So it's, uh, I don't know. There's it's every, going to be tough.
3: Everything aside from <laughs> the two most important parts. Have been I, coming
0: I meant their bullpen and I couldn't find a way to wiggle out of me <laughs> starting my brain talking with that thinking of where yeah. I was going. Sure, anyway. Sure.
3: Yeah, yeah, no. And, and that's something that <laughs> uh, that uh, for what is with Dylan and I talked about. Oh, no, Dylan and I forgot to talk about uh, the, the Phillies bullpen, which is important to this NL East series because it's going to be a playoff atmosphere and the Phillies bullpen is a lot worse than the Braves bullpen. As we but, mentioned, in don't our worry.
1: Hits, uh, a few minutes ago they set the record for most blown saves
3: yeah yeah so like that 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 really i mean that that bullpen could decide that division uh but uh, but on the al wild card that we're talking about uh yeah like a strong bullpen is necessary but like again their pieces are there right it's not like the phillies were like you know it's not they're not necessarily like they're not like world beating pitchers in the, in that bullpen. It's uh, it's the pieces are there and they're not quite clicking. So with a, with a talent, you know, as long as they click in that last two weekends, like that, or this last, this last six games, that's what matters. Right. So if they, if they yeah. can just sort of
0: figure it out and they can all
3: click at the same time, the talent is obviously there.
0: I think all three of these teams have the talent between the Yankees, Blue Jays, sure. Red yeah. Sox. Um, it's just, Who's just gonna Who's gonna blink first, and that's gonna be the team that's on the outside
1: looking in. All right, so so there's the Blue Jays with the Orioles. Uh, we mentioned that now. The Yankees follow up their series with the Blue Jays with a interesting interesting look here. Uh, same as we talked about with the Dodgers and Brewers, the Yankees close with a three game set against the Rays. Now uh, the one wrinkle there. Is the AL starts the postseason early this year? So they've got the the first game. They've got the Tuesday wild card and they've got the uh Thursday division series. So the Rays, if they're setting up their their starters, they'll have Saturday and Sunday uh with a few few uh few innings there from their aces. So um that's there for the Which r- of their series.
0: aces? One of their 10? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't even I don't even know who the who the yeah, ace right? is this year. Tyler the bullpen Glass, is their ah, ace. The bullpen <laughs> yeah. is their ace this year. But, um, but that's
0: got to be tough if you're the Yankees though because everybody is saying about, you know, Garrett Cole is obviously having a great year so it's like you want him to play in that wild card game, but you, you got to get there. You got to be sure that they're playing that wild card game. So things could get tricky with that. It was too. it was
3: funny because there was a discussion uh, uh last week before uh, the, you know, the Cardinals had, had kept winning more games about like whether, you know, the, they're setting up Wainwright to pitch a game one sixty two If the Cardinals need that to, to advance and then John Lester would pitch the wild card game. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think everybody would much rather the wild card game uh, across baseball. I'm sure it's a much more exciting matchup to watch is Wainwright versus Scherzer or would it be Gaussman? Um It would be Gaussman Obviously it'd be Gausman. He's, he's their, their best pitcher. Uh, yeah. So, like, you know, it's, it's it's a lot more of a matchup to watch. But, yeah, same sort of deal here. Like, obviously, they want to line up Cole to pitch the wild card game. But if they need Cole to pitch 162
0: to get to that wild card game, like, you know, but, or. You know, call me crazy. I mean, you want Cole to pitch that wild card game. Call me crazy. If I got to have Nestor Cortez pitch that wild card game, that's not bad. Dude's been pitching lights out for them this year. He's not Garrett Cole. But, hey, that's not that bad of a downgrade.
1: Now, what might be interesting is if a couple of these teams finish tied for either both wild cards sure. or oh boy. for for the second wild card. There is some major Yes, it is It is chaos.
3: mathematically possible for five teams to, to qualify for one wild card, or would the Blue Jays, Yankees beating up on each other not make that possible? Uh,
1: I believe it's more the Mariners and A's have a three-game set Okay, uh, to start off, so... Um, we're going to jump. I'm going to jump the Red Sox here to just mention that they have a three game set. Um, my take is one of those teams needs to sweep to stay in the race. Um, the A's would definitely need to sweep and some help. I think the Mariners with a sweep actually keeps them really nicely in the race because the blue Jays and Yankees play, um, and they can knock each other down. And, uh, so There's that, Um, but yeah. So there's that, and then uh, the Red Sox get to sit by while the Yankees and Blue Jays beat up on each other. They finish with games against the Orioles and the Nationals, and oh boy, yeah. But they got to face they got to face 2021 National League MVP Juan Soto.
0: So (laughs) you mean they get to walk 16 times? 2021 (laughs) MVP (laughs) Juan Soto. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. As we mentioned, as I, me and Lewis mentioned
1: earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so that's where the AL wildcard is now. If uh, you are interested in how those playoff, uh, the, if there were a three-team tie or a four-team tie, um, it doesn't get all that complicated. It kind of goes by what you would think would happen. Whoever had the best record of those teams gets to choose A, B, C, D designation, um, and uh, the Yankees just took a six to three lead. As you're yeah, reacting yeah. to, we'll let everybody in on
3: a secret. On a my John, reaction Carlos Dent, to homer. John
0: Carlos Stanton's homer uh, again.
1: Oof,
0: oh boy! So, so
1: there's that uh, six boy,
0: to three now, Yankees. So could, I think it could
1: be an exciting finish. I was yeah. gonna see if we could drag this out, but it's uh, it's Yankees Red Sox. There's no way we could have talked enough classic five-hour
0: baseball game of course does that mean stanton's
3: stanton's homer in three games in a row against the red sox yep oh,
1: all boy. right bill that made a statue <laughs> so four-team tie is actually kind of boring compared to a three-team tie uh four-team tie it's pretty simple uh whoever has the best record gets to host whoever has the second best record in games among those teams gets to host and then uh, whoever's the third best record gets to choose who they get to play. Um, they get
0: to choose. Oh, They get boy. to choose.
1: They get spicy. to choose. The they're uh, they're uh, set there. Uh, those those games are played, and then the top two teams are the. Is, that's just the wild card. Um, if for wow. some reason, if somehow I don't think it would happen this year, it's I don't know if it's possible this year. If the four teams are all tied for the second wild card, then we have a fun little play-in tournament. Where then those two winners need to play, and then the winner of that is the second wild card. Um, but but there's that,
0: and then they they'd need to bump back the date of the wild card game, yes. then right?
1: Oh, yes. boy, maximum chaos. I'm ready so, for it. Uh same with a three-team tie for for either either way, three-team tie for both spots. Um, the top team gets to choose whether they want to host and have to win two to advance, or uh, so A, B, C designation, A plays B, winner plays C uh, in A, and then the winner is the wild card. And top team gets to choose whether they want the C designation, play one road game to advance, or A designation in host and hope to win two games, which uh, sounds ridiculous. But I believe there was a point uh, a few years ago where the O's were, it, there was a talk of a three game, three-way tie, and the Orioles actually were ready to host two games to try to advance because they wanted the home games. Hmm. Aka home and game, now, revenue. and
0: now look where the Orioles are now. So maybe now, uh, maybe are not have the great area. front how, office. How the mighty have fallen! <laughs> I hope so, everybody was paying attention because come to the comments on this post of the podcast, and we're all going to talk about it. And there's going to be a quiz, so I hope so, you're ready. So for there's it.
1: that. Uh, and if three teams tie for both wild card slots, then it's interesting because you have the same ABC designation, except the winner of the first game is wild card one, and then the loser plays the other wild card and the winner of that game is wild card two. So, and then then they they play the wild card game. So it's, (laughs) it gets a little, little confusing there. So, uh, whoo, that was a lot to cover, but, uh, I, I guess that is all I've got in the notes. Do you guys have any other thoughts here as we are looking at, uh, the, the final week of the season here,
0: we all got through it together. I know that much, all of us here on the crew, all three of us here throughout various parts of every episode, we all made it.
1: Yeah, Uh, I'm excited (laughs) to make it to episode 40 here, and uh, we'll we'll see how far we can go. Now, um, we will have an episode next Monday, and then we are trying to figure out exactly how we want to do the release schedule after that. With the playoffs, it doesn't always line up with Mondays, so we might go to shorter episodes and release one or two a week just to make sure we're caught up or we might just stick with the same schedule because let's face it we all have lives and lots of other stuff going <laughs> yeah, on yeah still uh,
0: listen i don't i don't know about you guys and your fancy lives but yeah unfortunately i can't do it all My own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as hard as i may try sometimes
1: well maz nime uh thank you for uh coming on and talking through the home stretch with me nine you are going to be back in just a few seconds here talking with Dylan to really go into that Phillies Brave series in depth as we continue that uh, interview series here. Otherwise, uh, for you listening at home, stick around for that. And we hope to hear you back here next week as well.
3: Welcome back, Nime here, uh, and I am here to talk about the upcoming Braves-Phillies series with user CLN or Dylan. How's it going, Dylan?
2: Doing well, man. How about yourself?
3: I am doing pretty well. Uh, <laughs> uh, people on the podcast know that I'm a Cardinals fan. I don't know if I was on the intro today, but uh, if I was, I've already talked about this. But uh, Cardinals are going for their 16th in a row. We'll see how it goes. Um, but we're here to talk about the Braves, uh, your, your Atlanta Braves. My Atlanta uh, Braves. <laughs> uh Braves have a huge huge series coming up against the Phillies this week. Um uh, probably their their biggest series of the season, would you say? The most important series would, of the season?
2: I think as far as regular season is concerned, I can't think of a series in the last maybe 3 years, honestly, because this is the first time where it's really truly been tight down the way, you know, like obviously there have been decent teams in the East recently but none that have really you know put on the pressure quite like this so I would say biggest in quite a long time
3: yeah and and the the Braves have have been I'd say a little a little rough this year why don't you get us up to speed a little bit on the Braves sort of September so far and and what's led us to this being such an important series
2: yeah so it's interesting um you know I, I don't think it's a team that has fired on all cylinders or anything, but I think I think the biggest thing to take away from what they're doing now is the additions that they made at the trade deadline have just been masterful, honestly. Like, if you look at the games that they've won, um, you know, they, they did... I think they lost a couple to the Giants, but they handled the Diamondbacks pretty well outside of one, and they're be- taking two out of three of the Padres, and it's been just a rotating, like door of either Eddie Rosario doing something big Jorge Soler doing something big or especially Adam Duval doing something big and you know it's I I don't know it's obviously impossible to replace Ronald Acuna you know someone that talented but they almost piece together something that can almost do it which I think is the biggest kind of driving force behind this run
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, losing Acuna was a huge loss. Uh, I mean, he was probably, you know, the front runner at the beginning of the season for the MVP. Maybe maybe Tatis was expected to do as well yeah, as in he the, mix, ended up at doing. the
2: very least. Yeah,
3: definitely in the mix. And yeah, so look, losing that guy in uh, was it was it June or July? Um Pretty early. Oh man, it
2: was like basically like halfway through the year. So I want to say maybe like the end of June or something like that. I, I, I don't want to
3: say it was that. it was the week that uh, we happened to meet up at a bar. I think it was that, oh, that yeah. week, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. draft week. So it was it was the uh, it was right at the trade the the the, the, uh, the All Star break.
2: Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think it was like because I think he was voted in as an All Star and then got hurt.
3: Yeah. Um, so you'd say, I mean, uh, would you, would you say the biggest thing they've done to stay in the race despite losing Acuna is those, those deadline acquisitions? Oh, absolutely. None of them were big, like huge, yeah. you know, pushes. It wasn't like, I mean, yeah. you know, Soler has been good. Duval has been good. Rosario has been good, but like none of them are, are going to replace yeah. Acuna.
2: Right. None of them are like, all of them have had their moments in the past, right? Like I think Duvall, Braves fans generally like Duval. He's had some big home runs and, Rosario has had some big kind of RBI and hits hitting seasons and Soler obviously led the league in home runs but you know Juval uh, was solid with the Marlins he his RBIs were kind of inflated but you know he's a power threat he plays a good defense and the other two had basically just been total non-factors in Kansas City and Minnesota and I, I don't know you know necessarily what uh, Alex Anthopoulos the GM saw I don't know if this was just kind of like these guys have done stuff in the past, so let's just give it a shot, you know? And because it was it was a genuine question if they were gonna actually try to do stuff. Cause I would you know, if you lose your best, like your best player and one of the best players of baseball, how do you, how exactly do you think you're a real contender? But because they just were in that little kind of gray area of contention, you know, they decided to at least pick up pieces. And so you go from guys like Abraham Almonte, Guillermo Heredia, Lots of like Orlando Arcia and left field, you know what I'm talking about. So when you when you think about you know raising your floor, you get these guys that have done it in the past and just even beyond raising the floor, it's been just really impressive. Like I, I can I can roll through the numbers just really quick. I mean, all of these dudes have OPS's over eight fifty since I think I think Duval's at like eight forty-nine or something, but like eight forty-nine. For him, Soler's in the high eight hundreds, Rosario's in the nine hundreds, like, you know, that's defensively it's not like perfect or anything. And Jock hasn't been like amazing, but you have like four major league outfielders now, you know? And before you had zero. Right. So it's it's so it it has gone better than I think anyone could possibly imagine.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess that that was what was rough even before the deadline, like before Acuna went down was kind of he was kind of the only real outfielder on the team i yeah. mean obviously marcelo zuna had his legal issues and we're not going to yeah, talk a lot injury, about that but yeah. uh you know that was that was his own thing uh austin riley uh playing third base yeah um
2: and you know, and he, Pache, he, he, you know within the first two weeks of the season i was like oh my god we got our center fielder of the future and Pache just was not there yet you know so literally they lost an entire outfield you know within like Once, you know, Izuna went down pretty quickly. Pache was sent down pretty quickly and they lost Acuna halfway. That's an entire starting outfield, you know, and now they have four dudes that they kind of mix and match with that are all pretty good, you know? Yeah.
3: So, uh, so going into this series against the Phillies, uh, I mean, basically, it, you know, if, if you out there haven't been following the the NL East or the NL Wild Card race, essentially, uh, because the Cardinals have had such a a strong run this last two weeks, not losing a game in in two weeks, um, must be nice. Uh, basically whoever wins the NL East wins the NL East and whoever loses the NL East is going to be on the outside looking in the Phillies are five games back of the wild card. And I think the Braves are like four games back of the wild card, but in the division lead. Uh, And so essentially, you know, unless the Cardinals lose out um, and even then, if the Cardinals lose out, it's it's very, very unlikely for, for the other, one of the other two teams to, to, to claim that wild card spot. So this series is fairly make or break for, for both teams. Much. Um much. Now we talked about how Ozuna was a wild car, uh, a uh, sorry, an MVP contender. Uh, Bryce Harper on the Phillies is now looking like an MVP contender. Again, we've said a couple times on the podcast, it's kind of surprising that he's been a quiet MVP contender because yeah. you don't really expect Bryce Harper to do anything quietly.
2: <laughs> That's very true. Like it's in this, Bryce Harper has such a strange thing with Phil, you know, like, I mean, for most of the season, they were just doing the same stuff they were always doing, right? Like Bryce was like hitting pretty well, and their team was still kind of a mess, you know. And like it, it does matter, I think, for you know narrative purposes when your team is just kind of like bleh, even if you have a guy that's doing really well. And just for like, just for like, it's not like Harper, like he's really turned it on. You know what I mean? It's not like he's been doing this the entire season and no one noticing he's turning it on at like the exact right time where that's, true, that's but I mean, he, relevant he's obviously thing, he'd obviously you know?
3: been, been good early in this yeah, season Yeah, he's got a you know, 182 Bryce ops Harper. plus like yeah. he is a world beater like he yeah, is he is, he is just, doing. over
2: the last two months he has been carrying that team and that's a big difference that right it's not just a good bat on a mediocre team he is carrying that offense and you know a team you know, they lost reese Hoskins dd is pretty bad like You know, they've had to kind of throw in random kind of bits and pieces in a few different spots. Um, You know, that is a true MVP push he's making. Obviously, like Juan Soto kind of has his own bizarre version of that on a really bad team. But I would personally think Harper is the front runner right now, um, even with Tatis and Soto out there, just because, you know, like it. I think MVP is sort of a second half award. It's not purely, but, you know, to be able to push your team into the playoffs is such a big deal you know especially yeah, I, I agree I mean in, I think
3: I think especially if the Phillies do make it to the playoffs then then it's kind of like yeah, yeah it's, it's it's that that's that, that would be huge for Harper's candidacy I think that should matter but Harper's I think it team. will yeah, for sure. Um, otherwise, uh, you mentioned Soto. Soto's had an incredible second half. And, you know, his team's not expected to go anywhere. So them yeah. not making the playoffs is kind of meaningless. Whereas Tatis, we've talked about this before. Uh, Tatis, I think, because the Padres had such a spectacular collapse uh, exactly. as of today, right? They were el- yesterday, yeah. last night, they were eliminated yeah. from playoff contention. Eliminated
2: in a really brutal game to the Braves, too. So, yeah, 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 yeah.
3: yeah. So, like, that's, uh, uh, you know, I I think that's kind of tamped down tatis's mvp candidacy again not that it necessarily should but i think it will
2: yeah Um, i think think it's a matter of like i think fernando tatis and juan soto are maybe better players than bryce harper but you know like that's not always how it works you know what i mean
3: yeah i mean you're right right he's carried he has carried the phillies on his back potentially i mean to to a playoff contender whether or not they're a playoff team they've certainly in playoff contention yeah uh and and that's i mean it's it's Voters love that.
2: One of the one of the frustrating parts about being a Braves fan is the booth that we kind of have to subject ourselves to. Not that I hate Chip Carry, but typically whenever you have one player on the Braves doing anything, in this case it's Austin Riley, who's been amazing. And the Braves can't just have a player be great without calling them an MVP candidate. So what all the Braves fans have heard is, oh, Austin Riley, he's got to be considered for an MVP right now with a 900 OPS or whatever. And, you know, like guys like, go on their broadcast and say, like, where would the Braves be without Austin Riley, but where would the Phillies be without Bryce Harper? Like, are you kidding me? Like, where They'd would a fourth that place team, would team be a joke? Like... like, yeah, it's like they don't have anything going on for them outside of Harper, Wheeler, and my my guy Ranger Suarez. So, like, you know, it's – you can't you, the logic fails, you know, when you apply it just anywhere else because – he is truly, truly having a star run, superstar run that people have kind of been waiting for. And that's what obviously makes me very nervous when it's like a do-or-die series with him.
3: Yeah, exactly. So you, you mentioned Wheeler. Uh, you're, you're going to see Wheeler in the first game of this series. He's going to face Charlie Morton, yeah. uh, uh, Max Freed against uh, uh, Aaron Nola, and then Ian Anderson against Kyle Gibson. How do you feel about the pitching matchup going into this series?
2: I'd say it's about even. I'd probably just give the Phillies a slight advantage just because i think wheeler wheeler has just done amazing against the braves like he's just the kind of guy they just not this there's not built for you know i don't i don't think they're built for necessarily super high velo guys you know obviously he's kind of sitting high 90s with a wipeout slider like um he, he's given them fits in the past even before he was kind of more of an established ace i think um Beyond that, I think it's kind of even. Past that, I would say Freed. I'd take over Nola, but no, you know, like Nola is one of those guys where it's like, yeah, he's not doing great right now, but I can never totally discount him. And then I'd give maybe the Braves a slight edge on the last one, but Ian Anderson is kind, Ian Anderson's really interesting. He's, you know, I think considered like one of the better young pitchers in baseball. But it's really a does he have it or does he not situation because, you know, if he just doesn't have his grip on a changeup then it's a really frustrating watch. You know, it's he just does not have it certain days. So it's kind of rolling the dice on a couple different things there. Morton and free to be more consistent. But you know, it could it could go a bunch of different ways, I think, outside of Wheeler, who I think is just gonna be really good.
3: So now I I know uh, I have seen you many times uh, be a little unhappy with the Braves bullpen.
2: Is that what you <laughs>
3: think the uh, the biggest weakness is for the Braves going into the series and going to the final week?
2: I wouldn't even say it's their biggest weakness. I think it's just it's been really untimely. If you notice their run differential this year, I think they had the Phillies by over 100 runs. Like the Braves are like well over and the Phillies are like I think at like zero. Essentially, right,
3: like a plus one,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, and that was, and I don't, I don't have the Braves numbers, but they were like plus sixty, and that was, you know, like weeks ago. You know, I think they're probably closing in on a hundred, um, if not they're past at, uh, like...
3: plus a uh, hundred
2: twenty. Yeah, I mean, that's in that, like, and they have essentially the same record. So, what the biggest signal there is? The bullpen has been good. But like th- they have just been horribly unclutched. You know what I mean? It's just those moments where it feels like it matters the most is the times where things have kind of unraveled. Like Will Smith, if you just look at what Will Smith has done this season, he has like thirty six saves or something. Like he has like a mid three Z ERA, which is not spectacular, but it's solid, you know? And it's like, oh, that's a good closer. But then you see like the number of times where like it felt like the Braves just needed one out, you know, or something, and then he just gives up some home run or even even if he doesn't totally blow it makes it like really really tense you know and it's right? it it
3: a three six six era you're right not amazing for a closer but it's fine 34 yeah. saves when you look at uh 11 home runs one and a half home runs per nine innings. yeah the
2: home runs. and and it always seems to start the the will smith experience I, i'll lay it it's a blueprint right so you're up one right you give the ball to will smith he throws like one competitive pitch in the first at-bat and it either, like a, like, a random slider clips someone or it walks someone. So you already have a guy on first base. And then, like, it gets kind of, like, you know, dicey from there. Like, you're recording out, but the guy is moving over, and then there's a wild pitch, and the guy's at third, and it's like, ah, like, is this gonna happen? And then he gives up, like, he's like one strike away from maybe getting out of it, and then there's some, like, hit or home run against just the eighth best hitter in the opposing lineup. You know, in this case, it would be like, you know, <laughs> like Nick Williams. I think Nick Williams' first home run, or not Nick Williams. So what's, what's this guy? Nick Williams? The, um, uh, this, this, Nick Mayton? Uh, There's one of these younger guys on the Phillies that like made his debut and hit a walk-off home run against Will Smith. I
3: know it's not Alec Bohm. You wouldn't forget his name.
2: <laughs> not it. You know, speaking of Alec Bohm, like, the the maybe the craziest part about this series and the season is that the series the season for the Braves and Phillies could theoretically be decided based on a play that happened four months ago. And it's when Alec Bohm was called safe at home plate after not touching home plate that won the Phillies the game like months ago. In the same kind of situation that I'm describing with Will Smith or someone, you know, where it's like, you know, crunch time, tension high. There's like a play at the plate, and they they just call, you know, they review it, they call bone safe, and he never touched home plate. And that's what this season is going to come down to, you know, is that play, basically. The Braves have to play well enough that that play doesn't come back to fight them, you know? And that's, that is a horrifying thought. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, that (laughs) there's always, there's always one of those, right? There's always something like in the middle of a season that, you know, when you like just miss the playoffs by a game where you're like, I can point to this, this thing. I mean, again, because I watch more Cardinals baseball than anything else. Yeah. I will say like, I know the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs improbably. Um, yeah. You know, it doesn't kind of doesn't make sense to anybody. Um, but the, the kind of thing that if they'd missed the playoffs by a game, you're like, yeah, well look at what they did in June. Right. Yeah,
2: like exactly. Yeah. And, and with the Braves, it's like, they've had a lot of these opportunities, but there's just one, I think that one rubs everyone the wrong way. You know, it's just like, it's just replay failing, you know, The bullpen failing in the wrong moment, whatever it is, like just the the confluence of things that happened there against the team that four months later figured it out, you know, and is now what uh, one game back, you know, and now you gotta now everything is on the line, and who knows if he ever touched home, you know, home plate, so. It's uh, and only like, is Alec Bohm even on the team right now? Is he in Triple A? No, he's
3: on the forty man, but he's not on the he's not on the, the big club like,
2: no. Yeah, the guy I hit with a six hundred OPS that is probably gonna decide the season. So, um, yeah, pretty I, going just to round out that last point. You know, bullpen I think is a strength when the best bull, you know, best guys are in use. I think you're gonna see a lot of Tyler Matzek this series. Um, they use him a lot in situations against Juan Soto and Bryce Harper, because he's someone that just kind of guns it at, like, 98, coming from the left side, you know, wipeout slider. Like, he kind of does Will Smith thing, but way more effective, with way more power. And I think his matchups with Bryce are going to dictate at least one of these games, you know. So um, Luke Jackson's been really, really good. He's kind of a weird player, but objectively been really good. Chris Martin has been really off since the whole sticky stuff. I don't know what the deal is there. Richard Rodriguez kind of in the same boat. So there's a couple guys that I think they can rely on, but once it gets past there, you know, it's going to get dicey. So we'll see.
3: Uh, now we talked about the outfield a little bit. We talked about Austin Riley a little bit, but what about the rest of the infield uh, for the Braves there? Freeman, Albies, and Swanson. Swanson who had like a really incredible run in like August yeah. for some
2: reason. Um, you know, Dansby looked like the best shortstop in the national league, uh, for August. Like, and I I think that could probably be backed up by stats, I don't, you know, but now it's like back to like 100 batting average this month. Like it's been like brutal, you know, he's, he's, he's by far the streakiest player on the team. Like it's not remotely close. Like he is the streakiest player the Braves have had in quite a long time, like if if Dansby can figure it out the series, they probably win two or three. You know, like and, and I would say easily. You know, like it's just having someone that can light up that much, and he's their eight hitter right now. You know what I mean? That's like a real hitter in eight spot, right? Yeah. But you know, that's such a big if with him, and sometimes he just does not have it. So, um, everywhere else, you know, Ozzy goes through phases like that, but Ozzy's just so dangerous. You know, as a as a fielder, as a runner he he's so weird because he's what five eight but you know he isn't a singles hitter he's an extra base hits like god for some reason you know just i don't know if it's the plane his swing is on or whatever but he has like 800 ops which is like good it's not crazy but it's good it's it's a 259
3: batting average and a
2: 489 slugging percentage like it's almost double it's, (laughs) it's bizarre like it's like dan ugla but like way crazier you know, it's like, it's it's pretty bizarre the way he does it. Lots of doubles, lots of home runs. I think he said, uh, you know, the, when Dansby was on, it looked like that entire infield could hit 30 home runs, which I don't think has ever happened. I don't think it's ever come close.
3: I, I mean, listen, there's, there's a non zero chance Dansby can hit three home runs in the last week of the yeah, season. Yeah.
2: And I think Ozzy, where's he at now? Ozzy's at 30.
3: Ozzy just got to 30. Austin's at 32, and Freddie's at 31.
2: Yeah. So it's definitely boss, you know, one more hot streak from Dansby. They're in the playoffs. They have four guys with 30 home runs in their infield. And it's, I mean, it looks incredible. a lot different. Yeah. Um, if he's just swinging through every Zach Wheeler slider, you know, starting in that series, it might not look so hot, you know, and I think production at the bottom of the lineup is really going to be important for them if they're trying to keep up.
3: Uh so you, you said you don't think that the bullpen is the biggest weakness. What would you say is the biggest weakness for the for the Braves this last week here?
2: You know, it's it's really that there's just like, um, I mentioned kind of those clutch situations that they've really struggled in, but it's particularly, the, it's most magnified in extra innings. I think they're like, they have like a really, really terrible, like winning percentage if game gets past the ninth inning. Like, I think they're like, you know, three wins to 10 losses or some, you know, some form of that. But particularly they just, last night was actually the aberration. Last night they beat the Padres, got a couple hits when it mattered, you know, like they actually figured out the offense, but they, they I think through before yesterday, they had a batting average below 150 in extra innings this year. Yeah. It looks like you they know?
3: five and nine in extra inning games, 23 yeah. and 30 in one run games.
2: Yeah. So it's like, it's not, you know, like, It's just those situations where y'all need a run, you know, here. And those are the kinds of situations they're struggling. They'll, They'll rattle off seven runs with two outs somehow, right? And then they'll be like, oh, my God, how does this team possibly lose? And then they'll be in that same situation with zero outs in the 10th inning, and then they just can't figure it out, you know? So it's very bizarre. So I think it's just, you know, can they just manufacture runs where they aren't? I think they've led the Major League in home runs since all those trades happened, you know? That's including over the Giants. Um, So when those home runs aren't happening, are they going to be able to come up with that one or two runs against someone like Wheeler, one or two runs against someone like Aaron Nola, you know, like, can they put those little things together that they've really struggled to when it matters most of the season?
3: Uh now a quick uh uh extra look ahead. Uh the, the Braves have the the last series of the season is against the Mets. Um anything particular about that series that you're that you're looking at? I mean the Mets obviously have really struggled at the at the end of the season here and knocked themselves out of playoff contention.
2: Yeah, not really. I mean, I think the Mets are just a fine team. You know what I mean? Like uh, they're they're all right. The Braves playing fine. I I think you know, uh, I don't know. Do you know who's the Phillies play? Maybe if that's the comparison. At least right? they the
3: Marlins. The Marlins. <laughs> so
2: so um, hopefully Alcantara has <laughs> a really nice day. Uh, but, you know, I think it's not necessarily a big hurdle. They obviously have a bigger hurdle than the Phillies. But I think if they beat the Phillies twice, they're probably going to make it. If they don't, you know, I, I, th- I, I, ch- I think karma, whatever, you know, system you want to call it, like, I think whoever wins that series is coming out, you know, as the division champion. So, um, you know, the Mets the Mets are fine. Carrasco has been a little bit of a disaster, it sounds like. Um, I don't know how the pitching is going to line up for them. I don't know if they really care. Like I, you know how much do the Mets care about those last couple of games or spoiling the Braves, I don't know. But um, yeah, I think it's I think throw everything you got at the Phillies because if you don't then you know, it might be over before you even get to the Mets. Yeah, for sure.
3: Uh, any final thoughts on uh, on the Braves you want to talk about uh, coming up this final season, final end of the season, uh, the previous you know four five months, anything like that?
2: Yeah, I mean you know it's a team. I don't I don't consider them a legitimate Super Bowl. I mean, oh, Jesus, uh, World Series contender. I've had too much football in my mind today. Um, I, I don't consider them a legitimate World Series contender, but you don't really have to be, right? Like it doesn't really matter. Like what what's a feasible thing that could happen here the cardinals and the dodgers are probably going to play in that wild card game the best team in the world could just go down to this team that decided to just like get hot you know like uh, excuse you the stated. best team
3: in the world is the st louis cardinals i don't know who you're
2: talking <laughs> about you. yeah sorry i'll be specific the los angeles dodgers could lose to the cardinals and then things look a lot different right if if it's braves cardinals brewers um and um uh, giants. giants, like that is a obviously the giants would have to be considered the favorites, but then you get the hottest team on the planet in the Cardinals, and then the Braves who can just kind of figure it out. Like, weirder things have happened, you know. So, I think while I don't, I'm not like everything rides on this, you know, obviously you don't have a cunya, not everything has worked out this season, but that's fine. Get there, well, I guess. What, what I'll, I'll say is, assuming, the, assuming the
3: Braves do, you know, get into the playoffs, get past the, the yeah. Phillies here. They face the Brewers yeah. in the NLDS. How do, how would you feel about a, a Braves-Brewers NLDS? I mean,
2: guys like Woodruff and – I mean, I love their pitchers. Like, they're just – they have the filthiest pitchers. But, you know, a beatable lineup, right? So, you're talking about, like, if, in the playoffs, it's all just about having one key play go your way or one guy come off the bench and hit a home run. Like, you know, I – is it is it unfathomable that Eddie Rosario just keeps up a hot streak and wins a game? Absolutely not. That's totally possible, especially against a team that's very righty-heavy. You know, the Braves are going to stack their lineup that way. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, Dansby Swanson, he can either look like the worst-hitting shortstop in the National League or the best-hitting shortstop in the National League on a given day, and it's a coin flip, you know? So do I think the Brewers are better? Absolutely. I think they're built – for a series like that, but you steal one off Burns, you steal one off Woodruff, something like that, you know, Ferata's obviously amazing too, but you steal one and things look a lot more doable. And it's not like they can't pull their muscle with, you know, the rotation too. Max Fried, Max Fried in particular, you know, I guess final note, like Max Fried has been just Unreal. Like, I don't know. He had the first month or so. I think he had a five-six ERA. He got dinged up. He's had like a two ERA since, you know, and it's like it's not just strikeouts. He's he's truly controlling the game in a masterful kind of old school Braves way. You know, the guy in, like Maddox and them would do. And he is totally capable of coming, you know, face to face with someone like Burns and Woodruff in a game like that. So um, hit too <laughs> yeah and uh silver slugger and gold glove would be really nice for him i think particularly the silver slugger um but yeah i think you know I, I think any team that they face is gonna have the edge if you're just talking about betting odds does it really matter not really
3: all right dylan uh thank you so much for joining me on this uh is there anything you want to if you want people to follow you or anything like that let me know
2: um, I can you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I work for the Richmond Times Dispatch in Richmond, Virginia. So some of my stuff is baseball related, but some of it is also work related. I work on the sports desk here. So, um, especially if you're in the Richmond or Virginia area, give me a follow. D Garner, RVA. Um, or if you just you know want to follow other Braves fans and stuff, you can follow me there. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Like I'm, you know, I'm on Reddit occasionally. I see you later, Dylan. If you see my name around on there, so. Um, you know i'm excited to see how this month goes it'll be it'll be stressful or this last week it'll be stressful but um i'll definitely be watching every inning you know
3: all right and uh with that uh, we're gonna have uh, one last break here and then we're gonna take into the outro cool thanks man well,
1: that's all
0: we have for this week everyone thanks for listening Next week, we've got our big playoff preview with multiple members of the R Baseball community, so make sure to come back for that. R Baseball Weekly is executive produced by Lewis and edited by Nime. Our production administrator is Christine. I'm Maz, and Lewis joined me for the intro segment this week, and Nime joined the both of us for the home stretch previews. Special thanks to See You Later Dylan for joining us for the Phillies Brave preview. Our theme music was composed by Chuck Lace. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll see you next week.